Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Men Feel. I am uh, whatever. I am Andy Grant. <laughs> That's a great introduction. I love that. I should use that next time. <laughs> what the heck am I? Um, so I'm an author, speaker, writer, uh, an energy coach, an Akashic record reader. Um, and over the years, a lot of the events that I've gone to, a lot of the clientele I've worked with has been primarily women. Um, Real Men Feel is a movement to create a space for men to share, to feel, to grow, to expand, to allow for all of their emotions. So that's the the nutshell of what this program is about. Um, with me, as always, every week, live at Tuesday, live, live on Tuesday, usually at 5 p.m. Eastern, is Apio Hunter. Oh, we're going to have a good show today, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're just talking about before you're rolling about, you know, your shiny scroll syndrome and I'm feeling... And like I totally pass it off onto you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All, all energy is contagious, and we yes, it is. Yeah. Cool. So, so oh, I'm awesome. coming to you from from Littleton, Massachusetts, and Apio is in Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm-hmm. And um, that's I think that's the all the geography lesson people need today. Right. Exactly. We're in two different time zones, on opposite yeah. ends of the country. Yeah. So a little we have bit further country covered. <laughs> we sure do. Cool. Um, a little so- bit further west, we get California. And they're having the big uh, primary day right there. Yeah, they are. Cool. They are. Interesting to see what happens there. Should be very interesting. But um, so some some weeks we have guests. Some weeks it's it's Apio and I talking, uh, sharing, exploring, and and this week is one of those weeks. It's the two of us. Um, people watching, you're welcome. You know, chat, ask questions. You're also welcome to hop in, take one of those seats if you want to engage um, fully and be seen and heard. Um, but today we want to explore fun, yeah. especially men having fun. And, right. you know, d- d- so let me ask you to start this up. D- do you think men are kind of known for having fun or known for like not allowing themselves to have fun? Um, I think it's kind of a combination of both from my own observations. You know, when we talk about men having fun, it's usually, you know, the guys getting together, going out to a sporting event or hanging out at the bar or something like that. Uh, oftentimes in the you know, popular media, you see a lot of those images of, uh, of, you know, the guys all, you know, with drinks in their hands and everything and, and you know, out, whether they're out on a boat or out on a beach or something. So, so yes, the men can have fun. And yet, simultaneously, there is, behind the scenes, there's this huge pressure, I think, and this is what I've observed, is that there's a huge pressure for us to be responsible and to be focused on our business and for winning at whatever it is that we do. And and so when we do have fun, it's almost like we feel guilty to a certain extent, especially if we are business owners, especially if we're, you know, or entrepreneurs or we have high-profile positions in, in large companies or whatever, you know, that's like, oh, well, fun is, you know, for the irresponsible folks. So, so I think it is kind of both. Yeah, especially as, you know, act like a grown-up. Certainly employees mm-hmm. stop having fun, at least to me. Yeah. And, and uh, the notion of the alpha male, you know, uh, the if you're in a competitive corporate culture that who's working the most hours, who's closing the most deals, that kind of thing seems to, again, yes. put fun in the back seat. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You can have fun, you know, when you're on a business trip and you're hiring up an escort or something. I don't know. <laughs> that is that is true in a lot. I mean, I've been in those circles. I have been on those trips where, you know, it's like the guys come together to talk business, but there's this, there are the escorts that are hovering around, you know, that were hired for 
as distractions after the business deals were discussed or done or whatever. Hmm. So, yeah, and it really depends on where you are, but yeah. Yeah, so, so <laughs> the, you know, almost then, then in the business world are the kind of the, the accepted ways to have fun in a business environment, sex and drinks? Pretty much. Or a golf? That's a big one. Oh, golf. Oh, right. yeah, golf. I forgot golf. So I don't, dare I say it, I don't golf. Yeah, yeah. I don't golf either. Oh, oh yeah. It's like, and yeah, well, bad way not to have fun. Yeah, each year that goes by, seems to be more in the minority of my friends that just don't care about golf. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's funny, I took golf lessons as a kid. I mean, I remember, you know, squatting like uh, to, you know, I'm supposed to position myself like I'm squatting to take a poop before I swing the you know, <laughs> my club or whatever. But I remember my lessons. <laughs> well, maybe you have to go that far, actually. You're right. To relax, and then you can have your perfect yeah. swing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> just, just relax. You no, know, have fun with it. And that's the funny thing is that when I'm working with clients and when I'm talking and you know, speaking in front of an audience or whatever, I frequently am focused on why not can't you have both. Why can't your work be fun? Why can't whatever you're doing be fun? You can make anything fun if you want to make it fun. So hell, why not? You know. And in, That's a, the, in corporate environments, like I don't hear people talk about fun, but there'll be the corporate retreat and the team building exercise, and I think that's like corporate speak around hiding fun. <laughs> like those yes, are exactly. to be fun. responsible fun. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, we're going to try to have fun, and the emphasis on the try part, not necessarily actually having fun. And, you know, in order for them to be able to justify the expense or whatever, they can't just have something which is just downright fun. It has to be coached around something that's a business building activity, team building activity or whatever. Yes, I understand that they have to do that so that, you know, they can be protected in case, you know, they're audited by the IRS or whatever. I get that piece of it. But, you know, there are companies, particularly like in the IT sector, that do have fun. They just go all out and just have I mean, every day is a party almost. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in the, the late nineties, I was in a job hunt and I was in it and I was surrounded by networking startups and they all bragged about, and on Friday we bring kegs in and we go bananas, <laughs> but everything <laughs> bragged about, you know, free beer Friday. And, <laughs> <laughs> so like, I love to have any fun. And then we get drunk. <laughs> that was right. <laughs> Like every interview I had, had that, mentioned that. Like that was one of the competing features that every startup company talked about. Which goes to show that even in that space, they're always borrowing or stealing ideas from each other. And there's, you know, they're supposed to be creative. They're supposed to be innovative. Well, rather than, you know, free, you know, bringing in a keg and having a free beer Fridays, why not bring in, oh, hell, I don't know, vodka. (laughs) Every fucking Fridays or something. But see, that, that's a great example of how mm-hmm. it was difficult to think of another adult fun thing. Right. right. Yeah. And that, that's weird. Yeah, bring in a DJ, you know, how, yeah. you know, bring in, you know, let your families come in. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a really interesting thing that I've noticed, at least within corporate culture anyway, is that there's, there's a huge separation between family. It's like you're, you're supposed to have a family as an adornment. You're supposed to have a family as kind of like the token thing. You're supposed to have the trophy wife and the trophy kids and the nanny. And, but that's it. But you're not, so you're supposed to just have it as the appendage. 
but it, you're not supposed to actually enjoy your family. You're not actually supposed to be devote time to your family. It's just one of those little things that you can, so you can have a picture up on your desk and you can talk about it maybe at the water cooler or whatever. And yet, yeah, if you really want to mix, mix things up, how about letting your, letting your wife and kids or your partner or kids or, you know, your spouse, let's, let's, let's put it, you know, let's be, bring ourselves more <laughs> into current times, have your spouse and kids come to the corporate beer bash, bash or whatever. Yeah. You know, that I think that would be a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. I think like in, in uh, old days, <laughs> whatever that means or when that was, um, <laughs> there'd be more like, like five years things or like, like field days and like, you know, fake track and fields and potato sack races that would get the family and work together. And right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there, there used to be that. Yeah. Like, is that, yeah, I've not seen people talk about that anymore, but that was like a. No. Uh, I came from UPS. My last corporate job was at UPS. And um, even though culturally they're very much rooted in what I call the 19th century, uh, they, they still did a lot of those you know, corporate type activities where they had at least one time during the year when they would have like a lagoon day, like for instance, the big amusement park out here is, is like a kind of like magic mountain type thing. And so they would have a corporate day when everybody could bring their families and get discount tickets, and everything else. But it's kind of just, you have a pavilion, but there's nothing really formally organized. And so it was almost like a nod to those family court, the big picnic days when, when the families actually did come, when they actually did have fun. But it was just once a year, and it's just very loosely, not really a big thing. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned amusement parks, because that's kind of what <laughs> we realized we had a love of amusement parks and roller coasters in common. And that's kind of what, what prompted this being the subject today. Because, uh, yeah, just noted, like two months ago, I, I took a trip to Universal Orlando and hitting all their rides and doing the Harry Potter stuff. And, and yeah, and I don't have kids. But yeah. I didn't need the excuse to, to entertain my children to go have fun. Right, exactly. And, and I think that's really an important thing that, you know, men oftentimes think that they have to have somebody to have fun with. And it's, I like to focus on just having fun for your, for just fun's sake. You know, go out and have fun just because you want to have fun, however it is that you define it. And, you know, don't worry about, you know, your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever, you know, is, is going with you. Uh, just do it because you want to do it. And don't worry about what others think. I, I stopped worrying about what other people think a long time ago. And you know what? I'm a lot happier for it. <laughs> yeah. One of the easiest, like, especially for, for, for men and women that, that feel stressed and depressed and kind of miserable and closed off in their job or they're just, you know, working to the bone. Just remember what it used to enjoy. Whatever it was, like, do it again. Yeah. Whatever it's like, yeah. again, play and fun shouldn't stop. It's yeah. not just a, it's just, it's not just for children. Right. right. Yeah. And, and, and like you, I, I, I just have this passion for amusement parks. And I was fortunate enough about a month and a half ago, um, my grandkids were visiting their cousins down in California. And so I made the 12 hour trip to go down and see them because I hadn't seen them for almost a year. So it, 12 hours, right? <laughs> close enough to drive. Right. So, and while we were down there, we took the grandkids to, to uh, magic mountain, six flags magic mountain down in Southern California. I was just biting my tongue a lot during the whole time. Cause there's so many roller coasters I wanted to go on, but 
my grandson, who's only four, and he's the oldest of them. He, he, he was petrified of them, and this was a day for him. I still ended up having fun because I got to see him having a blast in all the little kitty rides. We spent most of our time with the kitty ride. We, took, we went on one semi-adult ride. We went on the log ride there, and, and <laughs> my poor grandson, he, he was... He was petrified at, of, of the big steep drops. And he very clearly stated at the end, he's like, this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> he made that very, very clear. Um, but I, you know, we were at, at the very least able to sneak away for a little bit while he was distracted and get on one of the large roller coasters, one of the big adult roller coasters and, and just have a blast on that. But ultimately I well, I still ended up having fun because I was seeing my grandkids having the time of their lives. Yeah. So, so yeah, you can still have fun even vicariously through, through family. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're surrounded by people having fun, you will have fun too. As we said, all Inevitably. is contagious, right? It is totally contagious. Yeah. And uh, is, yeah. So I, I was uh, really fortunate enough to grow up blocks from an amusement park. Um, it was this place called Whalen park. It was like, you know, when it finally closed down in the late nineties, it was like 120 years old. Um, wow. but it had a classic wooden roller coaster called the Comet. And from like age five, I was just on that thing all the time. It, um, I ended up working. Yeah. It was one of my first jobs, but, um, so I just grew up loving coasters. And as I went through periods of depression and, and battling suicidal thoughts, I still had this love of roller coasters because when, when people talk about being in the moment, I don't find anything puts you more in the moment than a, a thrill ride Go, going down that like, ah, you, you know, I could not yes. worry about, oh, I'm so depressed going down that first hill. I'm not paying <laughs> yeah, the bills so on true. time. Like, you're just impossible. Right? And, and now that you say it, I did something very, very similar. You know, some of the, one, of, one of the worst times of depression that I ever had was when I, shortly after I moved to Tampa, and I was living by myself. I had nobody. I didn't have family or anything. I had a few friends. I had one cousin who lived in Orlando. And that was it. That was the only family that I, that I had anywhere. Fortunately enough, Tampa has Bush Gardens, and it's only an hour and a half drive from Orlando. And you know, Orlando being amusement park capital of the world, pretty much, I, I was able to distract myself significantly by either because I bought myself a, a, a an annual pass to go to Walt Disney World. You know, they have a Florida resident discount. Not a huge discount, but still, hey, you know, I'll take advantage of it. And so there were times I went there by myself. I didn't invite anybody. I just went there just for myself, just to distract my. And it was a great distraction. And you are so spot on when you are on those rides, and you're just going down those hills, and, and you, you can't think of anything else except for that particular moment when it is just you, the wind, the well. I guess we don't have to worry about you know our hair getting messed up, do we? <laughs> Another plus. <laughs> exactly. Actually, I started doing this when I lived in Florida because with the humidity, and I do have actually curly hair, you know, humidity and everything else. I'm like, you know, wash and wear, this is the way to do it. I don't even have to, you know, just every three weeks, take out the buzzers, <laughs> done. Cool. Yeah, we, we had so much fun. It was just my wife and I doing Orlando, you know, last month that uh, now we have next month, we've got a whole East Coast tour planned. We're hitting five amusement parks in 10 days. So we don't hit three Six Flags, uh, Kings Dominion, and Bush Gardens in, in Virginia. Dang! We, we limp back home with multiple concussions, probably. <laughs> yeah, right? 
<laughs> At the very least, bruises. Yeah. But I mean, I have always, you know, I, I, I've been in multiple mental hospitals in my teens and 20s. And, you know, I, someday I shall buy a mental hospital and take everyone and put them on like some of the top 10 roller coasters. And that'll be, that would be my test. Are, are you depressed during this ride? Then you're probably fine. Yeah, change your state. It just you know that that or or, you know they they really can't leave the facility because they might be a danger to themselves. Then we can we can actually get like a a ride simulator, yeah, simulated roller coaster in there. You know, yeah. And um, (laughs) Six Flags New England is two hours away from me, and they have (laughs) Superman Ride of Steel, which has been the number one ranked coaster. Um, for many years, it goes back and forth in the top three, but they've right. just converted it this year into a virtual reality ride. So you're somehow on like a top roller coaster in the world wearing virtual reality goggles and it's supposed to put you in the comic book world laid on top of the physical world. Wow. Yeah. It opens this week. Wow. So. That should be interesting. I, I mean, I know that, at, you know, at Islands of Adventure down in Orlando, one of my favorite rides was a Spider Man ride because it was. It felt almost like a roller coaster to a certain extent, and you had all of that, the, that, that visual stimuli while at the same time being tossed around all over the place. I, I loved it. I mean, I had I always had a great time on that ride. Yeah, yeah. and um, another thing that just popped in my head is uh, the number of times that I've coached men, um, reading their energy, seeing where they're stuck, and uh, when it would involve like not feeling connected to their kids, the the, the simplest solution, the, the the advice I always gave them was do you ever get on the ground and play with your kids? And they're like, well, no. I'm like, get physically, get on the ground, get flat, you know, roll around, you know, yeah. horse Let around, them climb up on house, you. All, break all the rules, play ball in the house, but you know, be a kid <laughs> yourself. And, and the guys that were brave enough to do that always reported just fantastic change in that relationship. Yeah. And, and it, it is, it is instant. It is instant when, I mean, because kids are so forgiving. They usually don't reach the unforgiving phase until they're in their teens. <laughs> <laughs> right. So well, why, why you've got them young and playful? Play. It can yes. Yeah. Play, engage with them, and you'll discover that they they are they crave that. They love that. Don't turn them over to the nanny. Do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get down there and, and and don't be afraid. They're not going to break. For one. <laughs> for two, they're going to be entirely grateful. And I guarantee you, I can remember, even though my dad is like practically non-existent in my life, some of my fondest memories that I have are those few times that he did get down on the ground and play with us and let us climb up on his back and rough house and everything else. Those, I, I remember those still. Yeah. Very, very fondly. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I have uncles like the same way, you know? Yeah. And just being put on someone's shoulder or tossed in the air and like, oh, that was the, the most fun you could have as a kid. And you get that attention and the thrill and just all of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh gosh. But you know, thinking about, Roller coasters and and um, and amusement parks. There is one amusement park that is on my bucket list that I have not yet been to. That I'm, is considered the roller coaster capital of the world, and that is, of course, Cedar Point. We have, oh. we, we've been been there once, and phenomenal. It's it's on. I'm I'm we're, I'm shooting to get there for like next Halloween. We went there five or six years ago around Halloween mm-hmm. for the horror night, and, and I love that because right. we're big Halloween fans. So sure, yeah. You're buying Halloween and a amusement park like that's that's heaven. 
Right? Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In fact, I, I love it. I love how amusement parks have turned that into like one big festival. And if anything on Halloween night, it gets even more fun because then you have a safe space to not only do your t- trip or treating or whatever, but you have all these freaking awesome rides yeah. where you can scare yourself, pee your pants and be laughing all at the same time. Yeah. 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 Now that, now that all the parks really do this now, when you get the people <clears throat> dressed as monsters and zombies and they reach out and like grab you. I mean, there's nothing. It's, it's just the best thrill to be in the dark. You don't know where to go and somebody grabs you or you get the fake chainsaw going in your ear. Or, yeah. yeah it, it's interesting because five, you wouldn't think this, you know, here I am ultra conservative Utah, you know, land of, you know, headquarters of the Mormon church, you know, known for its very, very, very conservative nature and five of the top 10 haunted attractions in the country are right here huh. within a, within a 20 mile radius of where I live. I'm like, really? I never would have thought. And yes, they go all out with the haunted attractions here. I mean, it is just insane what they what they're able to do with them. And we have haunted woods, we have a haunted factory, we have a haunted hospital, we have all these things. And speaking of fun, when I go to these things, I usually don't get scared. I actually am laughing the whole way through. When somebody jumps out at me, I am just like. <laughs> It's it's just me because I know I'm there for the fun factor. I'm not there to be scared. I'm just there to see how creative people are, and I also have fun watching other people get scared. Yeah, yeah, that, that could be a blast too. Yep. I actually, I did have one friend who will remain unidentified. We went to a haunted woods uh, just south of me um, one one Halloween. One point, she got so scared that she literally wet herself. <laughs> I felt so bad for her. I was both laughing and feeling really awful for her at the same time because, oh, yeah, yeah, to this day. She 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 was the one who reminds me of it because she will never forgive me for having taken her there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a jumper and a screamer, but I've never been her, thank God. So. <laughs> yeah, I've never been to that point either, thank God, so... Cool. So, so we we've explored a lot of the the fun we've had, and we we did mention one thing that a lot of men, well, I, you know, let's see, I'm getting around to what what are some assumptions of things that men are supposed to think are fun that we perhaps don't think are fun, and and give other guys permission to not think that's fun. And we mentioned golf earlier, right? And and the, and why I stumbled there was. You know, I actually would have to ask more guys, like, how many people play golf because they think they're supposed to, and it's part of business, and how many guys like playing golf? I don't know. You know, I have asked myself that exact same question. I fall into the category of having been one of those who thinks that I'm supposed to play golf because it's expected. And that's where where business deals are done, on the golf course, not in the corporate boardroom. And not in the lawyer's office, but on the golf course. And they send it over to the lawyers and the lawyers will work out the details. But, yeah, I, I, that's, that's the image that I have always had. And yet, I have a lot of friends who go out and golf because, for them, it is fun. They, I mean, the moment that it's a beautiful day, doesn't matter what time of year it is, they are on the golf course. And if there's no snow on the ground, they're on the golf course. <laughs> So maybe it is. Maybe if you're invite, if it's a business deal, it's more stressful and it's the job. But when you're with right. your friends out of work, golf is really relaxing and fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's that social aspect. I think you know there is there's whenever and and men 
and women both love the social aspects of our lives. You know, men need time with other guys, just as women need time with, with, with the girls. And that time of just being with the guys can be hugely relaxing and a huge, huge stress reliever, whether it's on the golf course or whether it's going camping or, or, or whatever. It is important, I think. And as long as it is, the focus is on just relaxing, having fun, without all the other, you know, ridiculous expectations that we tend to place on ourselves and others as well. Yeah, it's it can be hugely cathartic. So are there any other things that um, you think society looks at as a man, you should like this, that you don't? Barbecuing. Barbecuing. <laughs> That's, that one comes straight to mind because, I mean, watch, watch any episode on HDTV or on DIY Network. And the moment that, you know, so they're doing somebody's backyard or deck or something and the barbecue comes out, who do they all turn to? The man. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I, saw, I remember one episode in particular, the guy looks a little baffled and then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad about the grill. <laughs> and, and you could tell, obviously, it was his wife who was more excited about the grill than he was. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good thing to point out because even um, – Wives that like cooking and they're in charge of the kitchen. It's somehow, oh, now it's the grill. Now the guy steps forward and, you know, fire and meat. That's my domain. And, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, there's this, there's this, again, why do we need to assign, you know, the grill is to the guy, the kitchen is to the woman. Yeah. And yet on Food Network, usually I'd probably say about 60% of the major chefs are all men. And fortunately it is changing because in the, in the high cuisine world, all of the dominant chefs, all of the five-star you know, award winners and so forth were all men. That is now changing, fortunately. And I would love to see that in the grilling world as well. I mean, just – and I remember seeing an email circulating. It was, it was a while ago, maybe about 10, 15 years ago, somebody poking fun at this idea that, you know, the woman takes, uh, takes a break from the kitchen – uh, because the guy went out there and grilled. But, and then it goes to the whole list of how the woman is the one who prepares all the meat, who, does, who cuts up all of uh, the vegetables and everything else, does all the cleanup and preparation and everything else. The guy goes out there, tosses it on the grill, and as he's talking to his buddy and drinking beer, the, she's the one who's making sure that it actually gets turned over and everything else. And, and she's the one who actually pulls out and serves it. And then he takes credit for the whole thing. <laughs> and she, oh, yeah. And she's yeah. the one who also does all the cleanup afterward. Yeah. But the guy is the grill master. And, and she somehow was able to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I, I personally do love barbecue. That is something I actually, that, that is one of those cultural expectations, if you will, or cultural assignments to a gender role that I really do enjoy. I have fun going out there and grilling. And, you know, I, I don't do it that frequently, but yeah, it, it is a blast. Okay, because I thought you said initially you said that you didn't like that, and you thought well, you well, yes, I don't like the the yeah. Let me let me let me let me, let me correct myself here. I don't like the assumption that it is the man's it is the man's purview, gotcha. but I like the actual activity itself. So so yeah, thank you for catching that, and thank you for clarifying that because I wasn't clear at the very beginning. I and 
again, it's those assumptions that we make that this is, you know, this is what a man is supposed to enjoy. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, like, so what else? That, you know, I mean, certainly sports and TV and drinking your beers and going bowling and there's that sort of traditional man fun, adult male fun. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. And sports, you know, it's like the sports matches. Honestly, I do love sitting down with my friends and watching a match, you know, whether it's a football game or basketball game or whatever. I, for me, it isn't about the game. It is actually about the social aspect of it. I'm sitting with my buddies. I am having fun. I'm having fun with them. I'm chatting or we're laughing or talking or anything else. I mean, I don't give a rat's ass about statistics or sports scores or anything like that. I don't fa- fantasy leagues, psh, you know, whatever. If that's your thing, that's your thing. Great. I don't judge it. And, you know, and I certainly appreciate not being judged because I'm not into that. But I do like getting together with my friends, with my buddies, even if it, for whatever. I don't care whether it is, you know, for, for a ridiculous cult movie or whether it is for a sports match. It's just getting together with the guys. Yeah. Um, when, when I was 20 years old, I was in an alcohol rehab. And it was during the NFL playoffs. And it was the first time I ever watched games that I didn't care about. It, you know, I'm from New England. The, New England. the Patriots weren't in it. but I was, And it was the most fun I've ever had watching sports with like 35 to 40 sober guys gathered around in one TV going bananas. Like, this is, this is a blast. And, <laughs> but like, it's, and it was just, they might have been like sober for the first time in their lives watching a game. Like, I don't know. But it was, it was like a magic in that room. And it was yeah. so freaking fun. <laughs> it's, it's so funny that you should, you should mention that because I remember one time something very similar. Of course, you know, growing up in, in Salt Lake City, everybody here is, well, used to be Mormon. Not so much anymore. But, you know, in, in, when I was going to school, about 98% of the guys in my fraternity were Mormon. And so they didn't drink. And when we would get together for a Super Bowl party, whatever, or whatever else, we, I mean, yes, there was, there was, all, I mean, it was a riot. It was, we were just having outrageous amounts of fun in, during watching the game. There wasn't any alcohol flowing or anything. And I remember some other guys who were, who were over in the kitchen drinking and so they came over. They saw us just, I mean, we were having a food, a food fight almost. <laughs> In, in the process of, of, you know, razzing each other over which team was winning or losing or whatever. And they're like, dude, you're having a lot more fun. I mean, he was totally smashed. And here we were totally sober. <laughs> and just, I mean, we, were, we were crazier than the, than the drunk guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like, you know, the, the, well, one of the benefits of alcohol is it's lowering the inhibitions. Right, mm-hmm. and just really relaxing. But when you can just relax without that, then you you know you end up in that free flowing. <laughs> That's my problem is that I'm, I'm uninhibited anyway, so I don't <laughs> need alcohol. <laughs> cool. So is there any so and well, does that go for um? And I think most yeah, more more adult men watch sports than partake in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, it seems. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and of course, they always are having to make commentaries about the, you know, the call, the refs, the, you know, <laughs> is a, you know, they could do better. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, uh, quarterback, you know, couch coaching, as I call it. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's not, and or just complaining. <laughs> People watch sports to have something new to complain about in real time, as, <laughs> as opposed to being a coach. 
But. Right, exactly. I mean, we're going to find something to complain about, so might as well just complain about how the team is playing or, or the call that the ref made or whatever. Yeah. That's a harmless a harmless form of complaining. Cool. cool. <laughs> Let's see. So is there anything beyond that that you think um, men are expected to, to find fun as, as adults? Mm. Yeah, so we've, we've hit uh, sex, alcohol, sports. Barbecuing. Barbecuing. <laughs> right, so food. Right, food. Um... Fishing, okay, yeah, fishing. No, oh, the, oh, we got oh, video game, video game. That's oh, thank you, Ava. Thank you. I, I see. We're neither of us are into gaming, so. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. There, there's a huge, huge game. No, interestingly enough, I live in like Nerd Central, <laughs> so I mean, one of the largest comic cons in the country is held here in Salt Lake. The only, the only two that are big are the one in New York and San Diego. And um, it's it's fascinating because at least in nerd culture, and I will I will admit I am I fall into that category. <laughs> Even though I'm not a gamer, I am I just love anything sci-fi, fantasy, and all that stuff. And but what's interesting is that when you go to these comic cons, there are as many women there as there are men. But what's fascinating about gaming and gaming culture in particular is that it is highly misogynistic. And, you know, when there is a push or when there is a call for, for less idealism or, 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 uh, or uh, I, how, I'm trying to find the right word, but basically sexualization of women in video games and so forth, there's, there's like this huge, huge backlash from certain elements within the gaming community. I wouldn't say, you know, the entire gaming community, but, but certainly the more, the more technically savvy and certainly uh, the hackers that are also gamers who pretty much have no social life whatsoever do get extremely upset and lash out in ways that uh, can be, can be scary to be honest. And, and that's, that's one of those things where I think that, you know, you have this, this, this image that guys are supposed to enjoy gaming, which we, the two of us readily admit we, we would totally blow that stereotype. <clears throat> and yet at the same time, it, be, it doesn't become fun anymore when it becomes serious. When, you know, when literally you become so passionate about something that you will work yourself into a rage. Yeah. And then, so there is that unhealthy side of obsession with something. Yeah. So yeah. there's a dark side to fun. Um, yeah. It can really be in, even as far as like sporting events, like people now watch and critique and the, the whole culture around gaming as people just, there are channels where you watch someone else do some gaming. So it's, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. Yeah. And oh, can you hear me typing just now? Did you hear me? Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I, could, I, I don't know why it's like recently, it's like my typing has suddenly been like really loud. Have your fingers gotten heavier recently? Uh, no, <laughs> that's the crazy thing. But Ava, th you know, I, I, I'd like to respond to your comment and thank you so much for, for what you mentioned about, you no know, about uh, being judgmental. I'm trying really not to be so much judgmental as making observations about what has been reported, what I have per personally witnessed. I mean, I, I really, you know, have, yes, I do have my opinions. Absolutely. Um, however, I, I really don't feel like, you know, I'm going to be judgmental about anything or anyone. I mean, whatever it is that you you feel is going to be an expression of your personal joy, absolutely, you know, yeah. all for it. Yeah. Um, but I just simply that that doesn't mean that I'm not going to have certain observations or ways of saying things. 
it, it is expressed in a way without being judgmental of the individuals that are involved. So I hope that, that clarifies. Cool. So, yes. so when you're not visiting amusement parks or hanging out with your grandchildren, um, what, what's, what are some of your favorite ways to have fun? Oh gosh. Um, I honestly love going for long walks. I love, uh, just sitting and listening to music. I spend, I love to spend a lot of time in nature. Um, if it's too hot, then I, I will observe nature through the window in a nice air conditioned comfort. <laughs> um, and let's see here. What other things do I like to do to have fun? Um, obviously the amusement parks, uh, really, I, I, I consider myself to be a very simple person. Um, more than anything, perhaps the thing that I enjoy most, more than anything else, besides alone time and quiet time, it's also being with friends, having fun with friends. Yeah. That's, that, it's almost, that, almost whatever you're doing, if you're with the right group, whatever it is, it becomes fun. Absolutely, yes. Cool. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I, um, I probably my favorite. I probably concerts are my favorite thing. Like that always lifts me up. I, lo- I love being in there, yeah. you know, just thousands of people and, and just going off and nothing but the music is there. Um, that's what my and movies. I still love movies. That's yeah. always good. Yeah, yeah, movies too. I, I love movies. Um, I like just about any genre of movie, but I will admit that my first choice would be to go to sci-fi or fantasy. Um, no magic. Fancy, not the other type, as some of the conversation is uh, kind of going in that particular direction. Uh, but, you know, action, adventure, comedies. Um, heck, I mean, I'm even down for, for, for a sappy chip flick as, as, the, as the label, so, you know, people label them. But I, I honestly, I, I do love a, a well-told told story, especially in the form of movies. Cool. All right, great. And some of our commenters are calling out strip clubs and porn. <laughs> and uh, and I, I, really want to, I want to talk about strip clubs because it, it Let's is, do that. Let's do it. Let's go there. More, you know, back in the day and gritty and grimy and no woman would be caught dead in them. And uh, right. now, it, you know, couples go together. Women go alone. Oh, yeah. If there are men on stage, women on stage. And I, I think that's cool. Right, right. No, it's funny. It's, it's funny, Ava. I like, or actually, Mara. I, I like what your comment about the fact that you piss the strippers off because you dance better. That's <laughs> that's actually quite funny. And I have I have personally seen that actually. I guess have I been to strip clubs? Yes. Funny thing is that you know I've I've been to, even though I'm gay, I have a husband and everything else. I have been to strip clubs with my friends more. You no know, support. You know, sometimes because you no know, bachelor parties are held there, and uh, it, it's been fun to watch. It has been. Fun. It, 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 it can be a great experience. And yes, I do know couples that go together because, you know, great. You know, they're, they're, they're supporting each other. They're, they're being completely open about, about it. Yeah. So. I, remember, I remember being at a strip club a few years ago and uh, the girl's dancing and she's like, Andy? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I knew her from college. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's so cool. I felt, I felt so cool being a stripper. And um, what? Boy, probably over a decade ago, um, Lori, my wife, and I were at Mardi Gras, and we went into the Hustler Club. And there weren't many women in there, but right. Lori asked where the bathroom was, and this like six foot tall stripper took her by the hand and escorted her. And just because a woman took a woman's hand, all heads turned and watched. Where are they going? What's going to happen? <laughs> it was hilarious to watch that. <laughs> so yeah. like, the anticipation was amazing. Right? It's like, there. oh. That's that's great. 
Oh gosh, Mara, yay you! <laughs> I have to say, yay you! And this, this is this is actually kind of goes to the heart of what we were talking about about having fun and 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 doing things not because society expects it, but because you personally enjoy it and you really have passion for it. So, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, whatever it is that you find enjoyable, uh, go for it. So let's see here. I'll, I'll, let's, I have, we have to read this comment here about the strip club. So I went to a strip club when I was 20, and there were seven girls I went to high school with that worked there. <laughs> Fantasy fulfilled. <laughs> well, did you tip them well? Or did you them yes. <laughs> I hope you tip them well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, and, and, and that really is kind of at the core of, of what we are talking about today is <clears throat> my, my, the way I look at it is, as long as there's nobody harmed or hurt in the process, then, you know, knock yourself out. Literally, if you want, that's fine, whether it's, you know, on, on a roller coaster or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it, it, great, you know. Yeah. As you said, we've said it multiple times today, all energy is contagious. And all if fun is contagious. is contagious and allowing others to have fun, awesome. And, yeah. and if you like to get hurt a little bit, Laura... And people know that and they enjoy yeah, hurting you. you. Hey, right? Go for it. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you. Yeah. Go for it. That's awesome. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we've been going for about 40 minutes and uh, we've had fun. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And, and we appreciate the conversation that's been going on. That's actually, it's, it's been great, you know, yeah. <laughs> following the conversation and, and enjoying that. So, you guys, thank you so much for, for adding some color to, to that. I definitely appreciate it. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, you can keep in touch with us. We have a Real Men Feel group on Facebook. We have a new website, realmenfeel.org. Again, we're here live every Tuesday. And actually, next week, um, we're going to be on live at a special time. We're going to be on at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And our guest is going to be David Morelli. Um, David is one of my greatest mentors and teachers. He's the man that taught me how to read energy, taught me how to be a coach. So I'll be following him for years. And we're going to talk about putting spirituality into business. So it'll be a really cool show for any entrepreneurs, um, even people in the corporate world, but just how to take more of you, perhaps how to take more fun and bring it to work as well. Yeah, and I, that's definitely some uh, conversation I am really, really looking forward to. So awesome. I think it's going to be great. Awesome, awesome. So thanks, everyone, for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All you right, guys. Take care. Bye, okay. Let's see you, Andy. Andy.